1: Here's your host, Sam Farber.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Hornet Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose and Throat Associates, the official... Eye, ear nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. A little bit of a a surprise edition of the HHC. We were not anticipating doing a non-player profile podcast today, but we got a chance to speak with Hornets general manager and president of basketball operations, Mitch Kupchak, yesterday, and we want to bring you some of what he had to say. He talked on a variety of topics, all pertinent to the Hornets, either big decisions that have been made recently or will be made in the near future term future and certainly will have an impact on the long term future of the franchise so after talking to this person roughly eight times a week and then going not talking to him at all we brought him back he is the host of pre and post game duties on the hornets flagship station sports radio fnz as well as host of the mac attack in the morning he is travis t-bone hancock and travis thanks so much for joining us here today again on the hhc
0: Hey, first of all, it's good to talk to you. I've missed you. I know you've been doing your off-season stuff. You're on the beach. You're traveling the world. You're golfing. And you're you're hard to get a hold of. You've earned that downtime. But I also like how you started the podcast by saying, well, okay, we know you guys are here for a player profile. We know you guys want to hear about the players. But we've got T-Bone on standby anyway. <laughs> I like how I'm like, you know what? But T-Bone's at home and we know he can't escape us, so we found T-Bone right now doing nothing.
2: Well, hey, I think this might be the most important podcast because anytime we get a chance to hear from Mitch Kupchak, it's an important thing. And he touched on a lot of very important topics. Some of the things we're going to talk about here, his long-term future, he touched on that. Also, some of the roster goals this offseason. But the biggest story so far this offseason is, of course, the coaching search now here for the Hornets. We have not heard from Mitch Kupchak since the move to move on from now former Hornets head coach James Borrego took place. So this was really our first time to hear from him, have him respond to some questions from the media. And he, he laid it out pretty plainly that this was a Mitch decision. It was his call at the end of the day, and that it was certainly not an easy one.
3: I called Michael, and um, I told him what we were going to do. And he was completely on board. And later on that morning, you know, I called Coach in, and it was tough. It was an emotional meeting, understandably. Um, It's really the the tough part of the job, right? And um, all of us end up dealing with that at one level or another. It's the tough part of the job.
2: Mitch also said that J.B. did a great job for four years Honestly, t it felt like a very difficult decision that Mitch Kupchak had to come to as well as the rest of the powers that be making this call. But it's all about the long-term best interest of the team, as difficult as it might have been. And now it's about finding a new voice and hopefully getting similar improvement as we've seen over the last couple of seasons here for the Hornets.
0: Yeah, new voice. It's never really a bad thing to change a voice as long as the voice coming in has the, the authority and the respect of the players. Seems like it was a tough decision. Buzz and Mitch down in Florida for a long period of time, kind of going back and forth on it. So it wasn't a immediate decision because they thought it through. It feels like there's a lot of thinking going on within this process right now. They're not making rash decisions, and that's a difference in this franchise with Mitch here. The coaching situation, they took their time. They decided about Borrego. They didn't just all of a sudden snap their fingers and say he's gone. They thought about it. And ultimately they thought that a new voice was the best direction. It's the same thing with the search. They're not they're not hiring based off of one or two interviews, one or two guys. They're they're now eight to ten deep in the search and and Mitch told us yesterday this thing may go on for weeks and he hopes to get a coach by the NBA draft. This is like a season of the Bachelor at this point. They're gonna bring in uh new guys and, and see what's going on. But uh certainly due diligence and taking time to get it right is now a staple of Mitch Kupchak. He's not doing anything on a whim. He certainly is thinking all things through the match.
2: And I very much appreciate that as someone who follows the franchise as closely as I do. You know, you want to see that kind of thought process go into these decisions, both the decision to move on from James Borrego and who replaces him. As you indicated, he laid out his timeline saying not necessarily next week. Uh, I don't think he ruled it out, but it seemed like that would be a surprise if it happened that quickly. Certainly they want to have it done before the draft. In terms of who that person is, I don't want to speculate here on this podcast You guys do it a lot on the morning show. I enjoy it very much when I'm driving my kids to school, getting uh, your takes on who should or shouldn't get the job. I don't think this is the place for that. But in terms of what he is looking for, he said he seemed to – maybe on a a 60-40 scale slight lean towards someone with some experience but he also touched on the success of very young head coaches in New Orleans and Boston where a new voice who has not had that job before has taken a team on a pretty sizable jump while replacing someone who is a very highly regarded head coach so he didn't close any doors he didn't seem to lean in any particular direction uh, over another suffice it to say the goal is to find the person who can continue the trajectory that has been enjoyed by the franchise and the fan base over the last couple of seasons
0: yeah uh, you know the trend in the NBA right now has been like Udoka Willie Green Chris Finch in Minnesota not necessarily young with Chris Finch but these guys that are are recent hires that got new opportunities did a great job so that's been the trend You know, sometimes when you hire guys, Sam, that have been around a while, and the word retread has sort of negative connotation. I don't mean to say that, but guys that have been around, then they're done that. Or the bigger-name guys, you know, it works. And sometimes it doesn't. But all the coaches have to start somewhere. Look at Eric Spolstra, for example. He was a video guy when Miami hired him. It's like, what is he going to do with LeBron James? Well, he turns around and he has a Hall of Fame career, one of the best coaches in the game, Greg Popovich. Was a GM comes down, coaches. Well, what's he doing? He Becomes an all-time great, if not the greatest of all time. So sometimes when you spend big money and hire the massive name, it can work. But a lot of times when you hire the unknown guys and the guys that are coming off winning staffs and winning cultures, like Udoka was, and you know some of these other coaches that got recently hired, that can be the best option to get a younger guy that players respect and he can grow with the team. I think sometimes that's the best option to go.
2: We've seen it cut both ways. We've seen first-time head coaches like Steve Kerr, like Eric Spoelstra, have very quick success early in their careers. We've seen coaches who are on their not at their first rodeo. Let's put it that yeah. way. Guys like Rick Carlisle, who on his third job was able to find his way to a championship. Frank Vogel, in his third head coaching job, found a world championship. So uh, again. Mitch Kupchak didn't close any doors, he didn't necessarily lean one direction or the other, but it it will be an interesting process and we do expect it based off the timeline he laid out for it to happen in the next couple of weeks. One thing that he did clear up here in this press conference is whose decision it is. It is Mitch Kupchak's. There's been a lot of speculation on what his role with the franchise will be in the years to come out there in the mainstream media. He focused in on that a little bit during this press conference. We'll let you hear from him on that topic after this quick break here on the Hornets Timecast brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear.
1: The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop.
2: Sam Farber and Travis T-Bone Hancock of our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ, in its new FM home, 92.7. You can hear him mornings on the MAC attack, and you heard him all throughout last season, pre- and post-game show. Hopefully he'll be burning the candle at both ends for us again next season as well. Uh, T-Bone, always appreciate having you with us here on the Hornets Hivecast. We're talking about the press conference that took place yesterday with Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchak, and one of the topics he touched on was his future, that he is the person that's going to be making these decisions, be it coaches, be it roster construction. He will be in that prime decision maker role for this franchise. I will be here for the foreseeable future.
3: Um, I've agreed with the Hornets' To continue to work for years to come, I, I think the expression would be a, a multi-year deal. And um, I'm thankful to be still working in this league, going to meetings you know, with general managers and the commissioner and all these bright people at the league office and watching this league grow and you know, flying down and meeting with you know, Michael and Buzz and talking basketball with the best player ever to play the game. So I'm lucky to be in this position and uh, to continue to
2: do it. So for better or worse, I'll be here for the next couple of years. You just kind of laid it out there, your thoughts here on getting that news about Mitch Kupchak. That's massive.
0: That is huge. Mitch Kupchak has, has been absolutely sensational in his time here. One of the, one of the real gems in the entire city, of, uh, the entire sports city of Charlotte, because of moves that he's made, very few moves that he's that he's tried to pull off have backfired. Yes, there's been some injuries with the highly paid Gordon Hayward. We get that, but that's not his fault. He was aggressive. He got him. He had to do that to get a star player here. We think Mitch was a little bit worrisome. We talked about it a lot in the Mac attack because the most success that MJ's had as an owner, and we we feel that MJ's growth as an owner as well has really coincided with Mitch here making the calls. And you know it. MJ trusts him. That's a guy he knows forever. We're not in the building. We're not in the room. But you can just sense by the moves and the control and the plan that Mitch Kupchak has that MJ trusts him. MJ has input. No doubt he should. But you just get the sense that Mitch is just so in control of what he wants to do, so confident. MJ trusts him. If Mitch were to leave and didn't sign this deal, and you've got to get someone new in there that, or someone in a a new role that MJ has to grow trust with, that could be a problem but I think this is this is absolutely wonderful news that Mitch Kupchak is going to be here
2: yeah, it really is exciting because his eye for talent is really unmatched. You look at some of the guys he's drafted, not just here in Charlotte, but previously when he held a similar role with the Los Angeles Lakers, and he has just got a spectacular eye for finding guys, regardless of position in the draft, whether it's near the top, where uh, he drafted a couple of times with the Lakers, or with LaMelo Ball, obviously, here with the Hornets. Uh, middle or lower end of the lottery, finding a guy like Miles Bridges, who has gone on to be borderline an all-star. Or when he was with the Lakers, he drafted Julius Randle, who was kind of similar. Outside that top three, but still in the lottery, he had to become an all-star over the, his career. And second-round picks. He's found a lot of guys. He's the guy who drafted Marcus Gasol. Yeah. He's the guy who drafted players like Cody Martin and Devontae Graham and Jalen McDaniels who have been so productive here for the Hornets. So that eye for talent is huge. And the other part of having him on board long-term that gets me excited is... Is, I don't know that we're in this stage right now with the Hornets, but the hope is at some point you get to the phase in terms of roster construction where you're not trying to so much build up the talent base as you're trying to fine-tune things for a championship run. And for over a decade with the Los Angeles Lakers, he kept them not just relevant, but relevant for a championship run they did have one of the best players in the history of the game, Kobe Bryant, on that team, but a lot of the moves they made, big trades, big decisions to get that roster ready to compete year in, year out, those fell on his shoulders, so... I don't, I'm not saying that that's exactly where the Hornets are right now. I'm not saying it's not either. But the hope is at some point, as the talent accumulation continues here, that this is a franchise that is maybe one or two moves away from winning a title. And Mitch Kupchak is someone who has demonstrated he has an eye for those kinds of moves and can execute them and hopefully, in the process, bring a championship here to the Queen City.
0: Yeah, when you had two picks last year, like Kai Jones and Booknight, then the two this year, those those guys would be forced to play immediately, and we'd be monitoring like, what what is Booknight? Is he a star? Is Kai Jones a star? Are the two guys? If that's what they do this year, the, every every draft pick immediately for so long, Sam had to be impactful day one, and now at least they're at a point when the the core, you know, is is largely set, and they can move things around. But we kind of know that Lamelo is at the head of the table here and miles we hope is re-signed but the, the the picks now we want them to be good and if they are it's great but you know what I mean it's not like they like Kai Jones can now grow and learn and, and when he's ready he's ready that wasn't always the case here uh, in the previous regimes it was that these guys had to come in and play immediately and succeed and then puts a lot of pressure on a young player so the fact that we can now get players and grow and a lot of assets too right we got a lot of assets with this team that's the that's the biggest thing that Mitch has done is accumulate assets that can help you or help somebody else down the line if need be for so long we were stuck here with contracts and players and 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 draft picks that didn't pan out and we couldn't move them and we didn't have assets to get other stuff the best thing Mitch has done is acquire so much talent that he can now maneuver in ways that we haven't seen before
2: A lot of good news from this press conference Mitch Kupchak held yesterday. A lot of things to be positive about and hopeful about looking forward. And one of those biggest was the announcement, I suppose, that Mitch Kupchak will be in that decision-making role in the front office for the foreseeable future. Coming up next, what are some of those decisions that he hinted at that will need to be made beyond head coach when it comes to the roster specifically in the coming months as we build towards the draft towards the 22-23 season we'll talk about that next sam farber and travis t-bone hancock of sports radio FNC. back in a moment here on the hornets hivecast
0: i get allergy care from the doctors at charlotte eye ear nose and throat associates who know how to treat me not just my symptoms now that my allergies are under control i can ride my bike whenever i want just like i did as a kid
3: Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at CEENTA.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Yeah, Miles is a restricted free agent, which means that, you know, we can match any deal that anybody else brings to us. And um, our intention is to keep Miles long term. Yes, you know, he's a big part of our future.
2: That's Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchak, who spoke to the media yesterday on a variety of topics. He locked in that he will be locked in with the Hornets for multiple years. A multi-year extension is how he put it. Also touched on the decision, the difficult one, to move on from James Borrego and a little bit of what he's looking for in a replacement as head coach. But, as I welcome back our guest today, Travis T-Bone Hancock of Sports Radio FNZ, and host of the pre- and post-game show on our flagship station during the season season. Uh, T-Bone, he just talked about Miles Bridges and how it is the team's intention to keep him long-term. There's a variety of ways to do that. One is, obviously, they could just offer him a contract and, and see him sign it. The other is to allow him to look for what the market would bear and then keep in mind that the Hornets can match whatever it is. Whichever direction it ends up going, it is very clear how fond of Miles Bridges this franchise is, and that intention, in the words of Mitch Kupchak himself, is to keep him him here, long term.
0: Yeah, you have to do whatever it takes to get him in here for so many reasons. He's become a, a leader. Look, there's not. It's not a team when you watch them that there's an extreme amount of guys that are vocal. It's it's a. Uh, there's some guys, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but there's some guys that just aren't loud necessarily. From what we can tell, but Miles Bridges has ascended to one of the leaders of the team. A guy that's going to stand up for his team. A guy that's gonna he's going to talk. He's going to be vocal. We don't have a lot of that, so. He's imperative for the talent that he is and the way he plays the game, his ability to finish, his near all star performance last year, his leadership, and also I think that you show Lamello early in, in his career. You know, there's always talk about his future and, and whatever, but at least you show him now, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can do here to surround you with the most talent that we can. And when we have talent here like a Miles Bridges, and it hasn't always been easy to get talent here like Miles Bridges. We are going to do whatever it takes to sign him. So for his leadership, for his talent, and what it shows the other players, especially LaMelo Ball, we will do what it takes to get players around you. It's highly imperative he comes back, and I'll be relatively shocked if Miles Bridges was not a Charlotte Hornet next season.
2: Especially after that press conference and that quote from Mitch Kupchak, certainly seems to be, if not the top priority, a top priority of the team moving forward into next season. The rest, he really didn't tip his hand. He talked about the value of the draft picks and the excitement in the building after the disappointment that came with that play-in tournament loss to Atlanta to seeing New Orleans move into the postseason and that netting the Hornets not just a first-round pick, but the 15th overall pick, a highly valuable one. That gives the Hornets two top 15 picks in this draft to pair with the two top 20 picks they had from last year. There's the potential to have four very young talents who are of a very high quality added to an already young and talented roster that's on the ascent. It's currency, right?
3: You you can move up in the draft. You could trade a four-player. You could... Edit with the player, you could use it, you could trade back. You know, it gives you a lot of options to have two picks that are really in the top 15 or less.
0: Yeah, you, you have Booknight and Jones. You add the two this year. I don't know if you're going to want all four, especially if it's a veteran coach and the rotation's eight. I'm not saying you don't want talent, but there's only so many spots. So they're in a great position. They can use 13 and 15 this year to to grab one player and move the – error. And trade another pick or, or use 13 and 15 to move up to, you know, eight to 10 range or wherever you want to go for another player or use those guys to get a vet. And I think vets are important. They're in a great spot with young assets. They can keep their guys and grow and, and move and be patient or they can, they can, they can really add some things here and get a combo. Maybe use, utilize the two last year, the two this year, utilize, keep, keep some, move some. Uh, I'm not saying disrespecting the young players. I'm just trying to figure out where they may go. I don't think they're going to, Sam, have four first-round picks in two years on this roster now because, as we talked about, you want to get to a point where you're trying to get veterans and you're trying to move up and win that. So, yeah, it's great to have that back in the day. I just don't see a spot for all four. So, But they're in a really, really great spot, and I think they've got to figure out a way to add a bet. When you watch the postseason, Sam, and you see the teams that are remaining or had a little bit of a success, with Draymond Green, Jimmy Butler, Pat Beverly, they're, they're, these are good players and they're talented, but they're a little crazy in, in a basketball way. They're a little crazy. I think this team to keep advancing and to compete with the Bobby Portis's of the world, they need a they need a little bit of a, a little bit of vet crazy to sort of set a tone. So I wonder if that's something that needs to be established.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it specifically has to be crazy, but uh, there, there is ample evidence that veterans can help get you over the hump. P.J. Tucker has been a part of not one, but two very long playoff runs. He kind of fits that mold, but you also look at other franchises. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies drafted Zaire Williams, didn't factor in very early to their rotation, but by season's end, he was starting games in the postseason. Uh, other young players, later first-round picks like Jordan Poole with Golden State, and uh, there's just a lot of examples of different ways to approach it. Suffice it to say, whatever the decision Mitch Kupchak comes to, he has a lot of options. He has the draft capital, he has the young talent on the roster, and he's got a team that's already shown an ability to perform, which is why he is slightly, seemingly, modifying expectations. What
3: I'd like to do with this team, I'd like to get us into the playoffs, and and wouldn't it be great to, to win a round, right? And then anything after that would probably be gravy you got to be careful that you don't make moves to try to mosey the progress along quicker than is realistic. And that might mean bringing in veterans that really you're not ready for, right? You know, we're still looking, in my opinion, to inject talent into this team. I think our scouts have done a great job with the draft, and we've got talent in the system. And I think everybody knows this year we have the 13th pick in the draft and the 15th pick in the draft, and we also have the 45th pick in the draft. So, you know, we can do it again. And it's not to say that, you know, we're going to use all those picks in the draft. You know, it's good currency. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. But I think the key is, yes, we do want to make a step. I think making the playoffs, hopefully winning a round uh, is realistic. And we just have to be careful you know, that we don't try to push too much and get ourselves in a position where we're
2: not as good as we thought we would be. There are a lot of options here and this team is so young and so gifted and so talented that Leaving them alone could net them an improvement, um, but we, we will see a lot of good options for a very, very good GM who is at the command center of this franchise for the foreseeable future, and job number one, aside from taking a look at all these potential draft picks, is bringing on a new head coach, and we expect that in the coming weeks. And, of course, we look forward to talking about that on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ, with the one, the only, Travis T-Bone Hancock. Travis, thanks, as always, for joining us. I know, uh, emergency edition call from the bullpen, but anytime Mitch speaks, we got to do it, got to go to our best, and glad you could be part of it.
0: Hey, NBA's all year round, so I'm sure we'll talk about free agency or the draft or the co- probably the coaching hire, hopefully, uh so it never stops that's why we love this sport it's turned into an NFL like all year round sport so uh, the news today is Mitch Kupchak going to be here for a while and uh, the next news is probably going to be the head coach we'll probably talk then
2: we're looking forward to it thanks again to Travis T-Bone Hancock for his help thanks to all of you for tuning in for everyone here I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast